What's up, guys? We are back. Uh, you know, a little post-mortem here. Um, Ohio State just uh, beat Notre Dame. I don't think it was the game we expected, but it was 21-10. Um, you know, I, I coming into this game, I, I don't think any of us would have been uh, super expecting a defensive struggle, but uh, that's where we were. So a um, little bit of a, an autopsy, uh, homage to DJ's article this morning, but we're, we're here to talk about the Bucks. We're here to talk about Notre Dame. I'm here with Ryan Donnelly, DJ Burns. The Bucks handled business, but was it what you wanted to see? Oh, no. I mean, if you would have told me, you know, before the game that we got, we held the Irish to 10 points, I would have loved that. And I would have expected us to at least cover, you know, if we, if we weren't going to cover, I figured, I figured it would have been, you know, something like 50 something to 30, you know, 39 or something like that. Like I didn't, I didn't, I didn't foresee it coming. I don't think a lot of people uh, had the under on the bingo scorecard. Uh, I don't think that, that far too. Like it, it wasn't just under; it was like it was super under. under. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what was that? It closed like fifty-seven, I think. It was something uh, like that. Yeah, um, crazy. So definitely didn't see that coming. But I mean, the defense played really well. I got to say, the defense was awesome. Um, uh, I do think that you know I hate to call and I was right and everyone else was wrong. Move this early in the season after one game, but uh, actually I don't hate to do that. I love to do that. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, all the problems that that I complained about off season that like the offense was while fantastic last year had some structural flaws that had to get fixed. I think a lot of those came home to roost, right? Like the play calling on offense was baffling. Like just forcing. Forcing the passing game when it didn't need to be forced in a way that was pretty, pretty consistently annoying. Um, and I think was really limiting what the offense could do overall. They weren't responding to what Notre Dame was doing. There were no underneath routes, no blitz beaters, no slants, like trying to get like, you know, to deal with the fact that Irish putting so many people in the box. Um, and obviously the receivers weren't making plays downfield. The plays weren't developing the right way. And they didn't lead on the run game until it was like the last, you know, third yeah. of the game. Um I don't really get why, but I mean, it's the Ryan Day thing. He kind of just sticks to his plan regardless. Like no matter what, if it's working, he's going to stick to it. If it doesn't work, he's going to stick to it. Uh, his plan is his plan, and that's that's what he's playing the game with. Um, but I mean, I got to say, like the way they closed the game, so satisfying. My God, I don't want to make this a negative podcast. I was really happy with the end of the game. I mean, this was that sad ending was so satisfying. That was kind of my thing too. It's like it wasn't what I expected, and at the end of the day, like if what I'm disappointed with in the first game is that they didn't dominate the game through the air. I'm kind of at peace with that because yeah, like, that's going to get fixed. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to get fixed. Like I'm not worried about that in the long run. And and I get that. Like there were other contributing factors. Like you didn't expect the top receiver on your team to get injured in like the first drive and um, you know, not really be able to play. You didn't really, I mean, maybe they did, but like you're also down Julian Fleming too. So you're, you've got like two of your top four receivers are just like gone and you're a pass heavy team. Like I get it. It, it wasn't what I wanted to see. You know, you, you don't want to yeah. see a, a former walk on like in making big plays in the end zone. Like that was great. But like, that's, that should not have ever been a scenario. Um, but I, I really I, like, if you would have told me before the game, like, like all everything else aside, like, Oh, well, Ohio state's going to win this game with an extremely strong defensive performance. And then they're going to close the game by just running it down Notre Dame's throat. It's like, Oh, hell yeah. Like I'm super excited about that, you know? So I, I guess I just wouldn't have expected the, the through the air struggles, but since that's the way it played out, like, it's not like I wasn't like stoked with what I saw, but I wasn't like, like 
hurting about what the rest of the season's going to look like if that if that makes any sense at all like it, it, it could have it could have been a better individual game but like i don't think much of what happened in this game makes me feel like the rest of the season's going to be frustrating in any way yeah agreed 100 percent. like I, I think i think they they definitely have the capacity to get that fixed and and by the way one of the things i was most excited about was the emergence of a mecca Ibuka, right like i know a lot of the right. game coverage of this was about mayan williams's uh like fantastic closeout drive where he I think it was what he put up 61 of the 94 yards on that on that Incredible. Like, uh, on that yeah. dagger drive. Um, but Emeka Ibuka uh, had the most yards of any player not named CJ Stroud on the offense. Uh, 91 total yards, uh, nine receptions. Um, the guy was all over the field. Like I mean, he was just the only receiver getting open for the first you know three quarters. Like Marv made some plays in the final couple drive uh, drives where he finally got the pass on the sideline. But um, really, it was Emeka was the the only part of the offense working. Um, for quite a little bit there. So huge kudos to him. Um, I thought he was really, really impressive. And I am excited to see him emerge for this season. Um, he was a guy I was kind of, I was kind of crying about all year and I, I really thought was going to be huge. And I hope it looks like that way. Um, he's, he's a very versatile player. It's open a lot. Um, I don't know, DJ, what was your kind of a, what was the highlight of the offense for you on the night? The highlight, I mean, it was, it was how they responded in the fourth quarter. You know, I mean, 95, 95 yards to go. I mean, we were what down? We were up 13-10 at that time. I mean, that game could have gone either way. And for me, the offensive line finally showed some toughness. I mean, I, that's a game where I think I think we lose that game if it's last year. I don't. I don't think. I think our offense. I, I don't think our offense gets going. I don't think our offense answers the ball in the fourth quarter. And then I don't think our defense. I think our defense. You know, surrender some late game touchdown if that's last year. So the way we were able to basically trestleize their asses was a throwback uh, with Jim Trestle in attendance that just felt some, there was something poetic about it that I, that I really enjoyed. But for me, the, high, the true highlight of the game was defense for me. Yeah. I mean, that, that's crazy too. Cause the, what, I, mean, like I, the I, I can burg, do we owe Eichenberg an apology? Yeah. I, I, I was going to say that. Definitely do. Who we the hell was that do. guy? Yeah. Who the hell? Well, and the, <laughs> the other thing is, like, I think he had a great game in the Rose Bowl, too. Like, when they kind of just, like, did a soft launch of what this, like, defense was going to look like. He, he had a great game in the Rose Bowl, too. And then comes out, like, I think everybody wrote that off as a fluke because, like, well, it's Tommy Eichenberg, you know? But then, like, coming out in this game, I don't remember what his stat line was, but he had, like, three tackles for loss or something like that. I don't know. It, he looked like a completely different player. Yeah, I mean, my God, like, like Tommy was incredible. Like, he, right. he was, to me, looked like the most explosive player in the back seven. Like, he he was moving like he was Roddy Rock and Hickman out there. Which, and uh, it's, it's, it's wild, too, because, like, this is a dude who, like, played like he had cement in his shoes for the past, you know, year or so. And then all of a sudden, yeah. he's, like, explosive and like making plays in the backfield. It's nuts. I did love that, you know, just to, just to torture us a little bit, they did kind of give us one thing, take one thing away where, you know, Tommy looked amazing, looked like a difference maker in the, in the, in this linebacker core. And they still, you know, refused to stop playing Cody Simon, who looked like an absolute bum. They still made sure he got 50 snaps anyway, took steel off the field. They're yeah. like, well, you can't have it too good. You can't have it too good. You still got to have a little bit of shit. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate that. Jim Knowles keeping us humble. Uh, week one, but they they start figuring out what's what, and they put Steele and Tommy out there, and I think we're going yeah. for a good season at linebacker. Well, I I think like just all in all, it was one of those. Notre Dame got their touchdown, and I mean they got they got three points too, but like 
at no point when Notre Dame was like moving the ball, did it feel sustainable at all? Like some of the passes they were completing, like they had that oh, insane that juggling like, circus, the catch. juggling yeah. circus uh, catch. Yeah. And then there's like the first Cam big Burke play that they beat on the layout fade. Yeah. And, yeah. Just yeah stuff like that is not gonna it's, happen. it's, yeah. it's stuff where it's like, okay, you were an inch away from a pick six. And instead that turns into a 40 yard touchdown. Like I, that's not, that's not sustainable. And it's not something you can like game plan for or really be like mad about. Like, especially with the way that they buckled down after uh, immediately after that. So I don't know. There, there was like nothing really about the defense that concerned me, even after giving up like some big plays or anything like that. I, I think even more than anything else, I was just excited to see a pass rush too. Like it, it maybe, maybe it wasn't like, it wasn't like the chase young Wisconsin performance or something like that, but I felt like there were talented players that were put in a position to, to succeed. You had a ton of like, cool stunts and stuff and like getting players in one-on-ones. Like it was, it was a very creative pass rushing game. And I really liked that. Mike Hall looked like he was like, you know, yeah. October 2021, Tyleek Williams. Yeah. <laughs> Do we know if he like, is he like one of those Michaels that like gets offended if you call him Mike? He's like, Oh, my he name goes, is I like, believe, I believe he goes by big Mike Hall. Okay. Cause I was in Mike Hall. Like Mike Hall just sounds like, you know what I mean? Like I, I would much rather fight Michael Hall. Then I wouldn't guy named Michael. Yeah. I mean, we got you Michael know, Anthony. Like, we got Michael Anthony Hall for a reason, right? Like he plays a nerd in every movie for a reason. <laughs> you guys ever seen the Breakfast Club? They're not you're yeah. not putting Big Mike Hall in the Breakfast Club. He's busting <laughs> out. He's busting out day one. I mean that I mean, because you you read about the buzz and stuff, and you never really know. You know, I mean, you you're reading the Oracle, you're reading the helping technician. You hear about these guys. You hear about these guys in camp, and you never really know if it's going to like translate. And then, like the first play, you know, the first drive of the game, we give up the gainer, the fifty-yard uh, reception. You know, we were cornerback blitz got picked up, but uh, like he comes in and he's like a refrigerator that can like it, like twitch. Like there's no there's no better word for it than like I, I hate the phrase like twitched up, but there's really no better phrase for a guy I, like that. I mean, but there's there's lateral, also no his his lateral movements are insane. I also yeah. can't think of a, a like more positive description of a defensive tackle than a refrigerator that can twitch. That's what you just <laughs> yeah. described him as. So, so I, I think everybody would be cool with that. So, uh, yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. Though. Like, I, he was just he, he was eating space, but also like moving well too. And so that was that was kind of nuts. I I was really interested in kind of the way they rotate defensive tackles too. Um, it seemed like by far the top two on the night were uh, Mike Hall and then, then Teron Vincent was not, was second. And there was a pretty big gap between Mike and Teron, right? Like Mike didn't really leave the field very often once the game got real. Um, Teron rotated in and out. I think Tyleek Williams was this. So the snap counts haven't been published. I haven't seen anybody publish any snap counts anywhere. So I'm going off my own intuition here and just from watching the game. But um, I saw a lot of Tyleek Williams. I think he was clearly third. A big drop off to Ty Hamilton at fourth and Jerron Cage kind of right there with him. Uh, maybe Cage was ahead of Hamilton. I don't know. Um, but it, it was really fascinating to see that Mike was like, we heard some buzz in camp, like, oh, he's playing really well. Maybe a contender might be a contributor here. To go from that to, like, clearly dominating the entire line and snap count and performance, absolutely out of the blue in week one. That was wild. Where did that yeah. come from? I, I don't know. And I, I think the other thing here is, like, this isn't, like a like, a bad offensive line. You know, like, if you had guys that were doing this against, like, I don't know, even like Oregon last year, people were like guys who were dominating Oregon. It it's not the same thing as just going up and showing out and dominating this, you know, 
Notre Dame offensive line because if there's anything that Notre Dame can like hang their hat on and it's like proud of it's that offensive line um they were you know if they had any sort of hope in this game it was going to be controlling the line of scrimmage and stuff like that and they just couldn't do that because of guys like Mike Hall so I I think that like like you're saying just coming kind of coming out of nowhere it speaks more to the fact that he did it in this game too it's it's not like it's a you know even just like a middling big 10 program like this is is maybe one of if not the best offensive line he's going to face all year. And he was just moving people. Yeah. I mean, this is a great preview for Michigan too, right? Cause that's going to be a right. line driven team. Uh, if it's not Notre Dame, it's Michigan. They're neck and neck in terms of experience and capability in the line. So if we can do that in week one, I- I'm excited to see the group in week 12, uh, week 13, whatever it is. Like that's, that's going to be a damn good week. Um, right. What, uh, just stick with the D line theme here. Also defensive ends. Um, I was really intrigued or you know, kind of seeing the way that uh, uh, Harrison fell out of the favor there a little bit, the snap count. Um, it became a lot of three down with Tehran, Mike Hall, and JT Tumaloa with Jack Sawyer rotating as that Jack position, kind of um, freelancing behind the line. Um, what did you guys think of that? I guess, DJ, I'll start with you. What, what did you think of that? Um, what was your impression of kind of the D-line and D-end specifically? I <laughs> I think we're going to be, I think we're going to be all right, man. I think once they get the rotations figured out and we know like who our top dogs are, I think we're going to be fine. And I was really impressed with Sawyer last night. It was kind of finally nice. Just, you know, we heard so much about the versatility and all this stuff he could do coming in and he came in. I don't know. He kind of looked small uh, first year, but I really thought he looked the part last night. Yeah. He, he closes the gap so well. Um, like, right. I think that's his thing is he, he just, I don't know that he has like maybe some of the technique that, that JT has yet. Like, I don't know if he he's going to be as proficient, like when he's engaged in a blocker, but he just gets to the, to the play so fast. Like he, um, he's just going to beat you around the edge. What, what uh, the hell Kevin. was Kerry Coombs doing last year, man? <laughs> I like, these are, these are the, I mean, these are the same guys, right? <laughs> like it looks like they've just taken out like the wiring. Like if, it, if they were thinking too much, it looks like Noah's has just ripped the wiring out of these guys and they're just going. I think if you read between the lines on some of the coaching comments, some of the player comments from last year, and some like the analysis done by by guys at you know Eleven Warriors and, and other other sites, it seems like there was a the defensive line was being asked to play a lot of contain last year and not do a lot of blitzing, mm-hmm. and that's baffling considering one how bad Ohio State's linebackers are at blitzing, and two. Like the fact that every great defense we've ever had has been driven by a defensive line being able to get pressure with four guys, right? Like right. that's how all of our great defenses work, and how like, you know, well, I, basically I, every I, great defense in the history of football works. I think the other <laughs> problem too is is, is even personnel because like I don't think Zach Harrison last year maybe he was not put in a position to succeed. I don't think he was like that elite pass rusher that you expect or hope to have he's not and he's never going to be and i think it's clear at this point yeah and so and, and that's fine like that doesn't mean you can't have a good nfl career he's like still a, run a good stop. player you know he's, yeah, he's good yeah, yeah he's, he's very good um but i think like last year what you saw too is like that almost plays to his strengths too like if you're gonna have him play contain like yeah he's gonna do great he's gonna have a ton of tackles like he'll have some tackles for losses and stuff like that but but i it, it was very refreshing to see you mentioned jack sawyer playing that jack position i love that he looked way, way, way more athletic playing a, like that, like kind of freelancing position where he could just like do his stuff than he did at any point last year when he was just locked in like a traditional defensive end pass rush where he has like a one-on-one matchup, whatever. Like I, I, I loved 
kind of just freeing him up like that. And he looked like he looked like that special athletic player that you saw in in high school, like the guy who could play quarterback, the guy who like was a um, very good basketball player. Like you could just see the type of athlete he was. And I just feel like he kind of just got lost and eaten last year when he was just like stuck there with, you know, potentially a double team on a tackle on a guard and stuff like that. I, I just felt like that, that Jack position really lets him be his best. Yeah. I think what's fascinating too, by the way, I, I was just checking the, um, the stats, the official Ohio state stats from last night. Uh, they credit JT Tumaloa with one tackle. Uh, it was a tackle for a loss, and Jack Sawyer with zero, which mm-hmm. I would say is a, a classic example of like the box score not reflecting the impact of the yeah. game. Because well, like, how many they were in the backfield? Yes, those guys like, played great. Yeah, they, they, it was a great game. I, I would be shocked if both of them didn't grade out as champions after after that performance. Like they were, I mean, they were disruptive. If that if that's the only thing you can say, um, and I, I mean that helps when you've got like. My call, um, eating things on the on the inside too. Like it, it yeah. it's just a perfect combination. Yeah. As far as other defensive linemen go, like again, Zach played well. Well, he though he always does, right? Zach Harrison plays well against the run. He didn't have any pass rushing ability, and he's I think just clearly never going to. Um, he may be more useful. I don't know, just in heavy situations. He's still going to play, obviously. Um, why the fuck did Javante Jean Baptiste play so much? Am I crazy? Every time he's in the field, he's been bad. His whole career, he like has he ever like flashed once? Who's the who does he have photos of? Like what what is this guy's like? What is his deal? I, I don't understand it. I I don't think he's like bad, but it's baffling oh, the players that bad. you take. I think it's I think it's baffling the players that you have to take off the field to put him on, or actively decide not to put on the field to put him on. You know, it, like it should it should be the same thing as like the wide receivers. It's like okay, this guy's pretty good, but like. He can't play over, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba or Emika Buk. You know, it, that's what right. we should be looking at. But like the guys that you're willfully taking off the field, and then um, the guys that you're subbing on instead, like it, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah, and that, like you're saying, right? Like that one touchdown drive that Notre Dame had in the red zone. Uh, I, I was watching this game and I was losing my mind. I was our, our buddy Luke Ward uh, was sitting next to me at the game and I was screaming to him uh, that like they had Javante Jean Baptiste, Ty Hamilton. Cody Simon, uh, all on, on at the same time, like in the red zone. I was like, why are the twos in, uh, on, in the first half on, <laughs> yeah. on a red in zone red possession? Zone. Like what? Well, yeah. Like there was none of the guys who could stop the run at all. None of the guys who were like good on the D line, except Jack Sawyer were on the field. I was like, where, where are the good players at? Like, can we get those guys back in? Well, I, I think, uh, <laughs> I think the other thing too, is like, I, I, I would totally buy that. Those are good practice players. And yeah, but I just like, don't care if they can't play a game. I, I don't either, but it's game one. <laughs> and so like at some point when you put them in the game and they don't perform, it's like, yeah, but like, I feel like that's not going to be a thing that happens in November, you know, yeah. like you're going to know who your guys are and you're going to know like, okay, this true sophomore is starting over you. Like, I, I can't, I can't trust you. This true sophomore is going in. I don't care if you're a fifth, you're a fifth year senior, you haven't earned it at this point, but like, I can yeah. see how like the first drive of the first game, you're like, all right, you're a fifth year guy. Like, let's go see what you can do. <laughs> Cause I mean, it, at the end of the day, like I would have written off Tommy Eichenberg too. And he went out and, you know, yeah, he shut me up enough. too. So if, if you're going to give him a shot, like give him a shot in the first and I, I I'm, I'm very, if they do it right and they're like willing to bench players when they have like all but proven that they're done, like you can, you can give people a try, you know, like I'm going to be pissed if it's very clear six games in who the clear cut defensive ends are. And those still aren't the guys playing. Right. Um, 
Moving on from from the speaking of Tommy Eichenberg, they move from defensive line to linebackers. Uh, I mean, Eichenberg's stat line finished with nine tackles, six of them were solo. He had two sacks and three tackles for a loss. Uh, just absolutely play with his hair on fire. Besides, so Tommy, we're on. The, I think we've talked about him. It's it's incredible. He played. There's no notes on that. I mean, what he did was amazing. Developed totally over the offseason. Incredible player. Besides him, what else at linebacker surprised you guys uh, that you saw on the field or didn't see on the field? I think generally, I was I wasn't surprised because I knew this was coming, but like the linebackers just like didn't matter too much, and I I think that's like almost refreshing because I mean, how many times last year did we just yell about the linebackers and stuff like that and the plays that they didn't make, and so it was almost like they were set put in a position to succeed but not put in a position to fail, and so like that led me to like. Other than Tommy Eichenberg, like I, I don't really have strong thoughts on the linebackers, and that's like refreshing, you know. Like I, I don't feel like they were asked to do enough that I can have strong positive or negative thoughts for the most part. Yeah, DJ, that's pretty much where I'm at. I'm still, I'm still just stunned about the Eichenberg performance. <laughs> I, I, I just don't. I mean, I just don't know where it came from. I, if you could, if you would have told me that before the game, I would have probably spit in your face, you know, like, and to go from that turnaround to just like from being a disaster to a, having a clear cut leader and then B just not being a liability. I mean, you, you can win with that. Yeah. I mean, I would have taken, I would have taken just not bad, but he was, (laughs) he was like, very. especially if you get into the analytics aspect. And I mean, all the, all the analytics groovers basically agree that, you know, the linebackers are the most worthless position you know, the most replaceable position, you know, on the defense. So I, I think, I think it's all right, man. You know, yeah. and then you, where, and where then, was our and, boy hurt? I was wondering that too, you know, but it, I mean, if I can, going to play like that, like, yeah, that's fair. But he, he had Herc had that one play. Was it like the first tackle on, uh, on um, special teams, like the first opening kickoff or something like that. He had a huge hit or something like that. And I didn't, I didn't see anything from him pretty much afterwards. Special teams was another baller. I mean, we had some yeah. nasty tackles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Xavier, yeah, Xavier, Xavier, Johnson. Xavier, yeah, Xavier Johnson making the touchdown and then coming in on the next kickoff and sack drilling a dude. Like a, yeah. a 13. Yeah. yeah. But even, even the opening kickoff, right? I think we got them down to 15. If I recall correctly, yeah. it was, like, I think, I think yeah, that yeah. was, I think that was Herc though. I think that was Hercules trip. Yeah. Training. Yeah, he was, he was, I mean, he was juiced up too. He was, uh, we were on that, we were on the Ohio State sidelines. He was coming back screaming his head off too. He was pumped. Uh, I thought we were going to taunt the penalty on the first play after how, yeah. uh, <laughs> how hard the boys were going. Uh, I, I will, I will say it did make me more nervous than it should have when I like came to the realization that Ohio State has two running backs. <laughs> you know, like I, yeah. I, like Down Hayden's back there too, but like, if one of those guys and, and run that happens to running backs, like they miss like a game or two with like a lingering injury or something like that. That's like a lot. Yeah. If, if one of those guys goes down, like that is, that's not going to be missed fun. like three games last year. At one point, right? I think like just like yeah. on and off. Oh, and you um, could tell that there were times last year when Travion Henderson wasn't super hundred percent either. I think master Teague missed games too. And he barely played. So like, <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't like the scenario where they have uh basically two playable running backs. So maybe we'll see yeah. chip. Maybe we'll see chip at running back after all. It seems like they say like, if, if something happens, they have chip, they could bring in, they could bring in uh I think they mentioned Xavier Johnson may take reps at running back if they need to, although he's obviously a small guy. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I think they said a couple of the receivers could contribute as well. 
So yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting, but I I don't want to see it. I, I'd frankly no, I sure it. don't. Yeah, yeah. So but, so, but that but that was surprised. Oh, go ahead. You're okay. I, I was just gonna say that was like one of the things that like I wasn't really prepared for. But like we're in the third quarter, and I'm like, oh shit! Like if somebody gets hurt. Like this is this could be a disaster. Yeah. I was a little surprised we didn't see Chip play any linebacker, though, and especially how much we saw Cody Simon play, um, especially given, like, man, I hate to dog a kid this much, but, like, has he had a good rep yet at Ohio State? Like, what's he done? Like, it's, like, look good. Like, <laughs> I, I feel bad, like, you know, when when I'm, when I'm, like, on the side, like, clearly the coaches, at least some of them anyway, know more about football than I do. But when I'm sitting there and I'm just like, what is this guy offering? Like yeah. I, you know, I watched him play enough. What does he do good? I'm still not sure what he does good. Like, what a scenario out there where I would, you know, we need Cody for <laughs> for this assignment. Well, I, I think I, I'm I'm a lot of times like the the like defender of the player or whatever. I don't really have a defense here. I, I think maybe the only reason I because I'm I was I was one of the people calling to, to see him last year when. Um, Tommy Eichenberg was sucking at the beginning. Yeah, of the year. I, I like, want to see him too. And then he was terrible. He was even worse. <laughs> he was worse. Yeah. He was worse. So I was like, oh, okay. Like, <laughs> I guess put put the Ice King back on the uh, on the field. But um, I don't know. I, I I don't I don't know if they think that Chip isn't ready. He doesn't know. He hasn't played linebacker long enough. I I really don't know. But I I'd, I'd love to see him get a shot at least because if he's just a good like raw athlete, then I feel like he adds more than Cody Simon would. Yeah, um, I, I would like to see. I mean, also, Cody, like, the, the play that really defined the night for him, for me, is that uh, when he was in on that red zone play, or in the red zone series, rather, uh, Tyler Bookner ran, like, a naked QB draw and came around the edge and knocked Cody back two or three yards went to, to uh, before before the play was dead. And Cody got the tackle, but he got ran over by Tyler Bookner. I'm like, come on, we can't be having that. That's just the... You're a grown man getting knocked over by Tyler Bookner, a five foot eleven quarterback in California who plays at <laughs> Notre Dame. Like and he's he, played, he played a tough game, though. I mean, he didn't. I mean, he didn't. Yeah, hurt his sure. He's but he's like a kid you talk about that has like moxie. That's like that's like you're playing yeah. with Sean Clifford, right? I'm like, if you're if you're in a high state starting linebacker getting knocked in your ass by Sean Clifford or Tyler Bookner, like I that's that's all I, I don't need to see that. Like that's get off the field. Well, let's find someone who doesn't do that. <laughs> no, I agree. I mean, right. Let me see the other guys. Like we got, we got a couple five stars back there. Let's let's see them play. I'll take Hercules. Um, yeah, I'll take Hercules. <laughs> I got. I'll take CJ Hicks. Like put put him on the field. Um, speaking of guys getting put on the bench, uh, Josh Proctor got benched after that first series, huh? Uh, you guys, I mean, Proctor like had that huge missed tackle of Notre Dame's first big game on on the first play, and then. On the subsequent plays, I don't know if it was available in the broadcast or not, but I was in the stadium. I guess I was in the stadium, and uh, he was had no idea where to get lined up at. Uh, Tanner McAllister was like putting him in his position and telling him where to go <laughs> because he had no clue where he's supposed to be at. Uh, and then I think they later ran to his side and another game right after that. Um, so I ended up holding for for the field goal there, but like Proctor was like looking at the had no idea what the calls were like getting lined up at all. Um, and the subsequent drive, they later placed him play the ransom, who finished second on the team with seven tackles, yeah, and also was responsible for covering Michael Meyer and did a, Michael Mayer and did a great job, who only had five catches, thirty-two yards. Like he yeah. did it. Late the ransom, ransom had ransom had a game. He had a great yeah, game. He was fantastic. Um, yeah, and I I didn't I didn't really see that about Proctor, so that's interesting to know. But 
that is weird because like he's a guy that Jim Knowles was saying had a chance to be the best safety in the country, you know, yeah. before the season started. And maybe it's one well, of those things where like there's all the raw talent in the world, but like if you can't aim him, then that, what's he good, you know? Yeah. And that's something we talked about in one of our one of our previews this offseason, but like um, you know, like three weeks ago, whatever that was when we started the podcast. <laughs> but um, uh, Proctor uh Proctor's a guy that a lot of, like a lot of the media and like a lot of people around the country talk about like he's a returning veteran or whatever. Like he's you know, like because he was a former five star that was like supposed to be an all American last year or something like that, was gonna be a big player on the defense. Then he got hurt week one and didn't play the rest of the season. Uh, he's still talked about like he's a veteran with all his experience, but the guy started like three games ever before this before today. Uh, he has no like real uh, experience in a major setting. Like I, I, you know what I mean? Like I, I, uh, I, I don't think he has the juice people think that he has. He had a couple. He had that big hit against Wisconsin in a Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. Like his real world experience like is not that much. Um, so I don't know. I, I hope he gets better. He's a very talented player, obviously, who can who can still move. Uh, and hell, on that, like, if he takes a, a different angle by a foot or two on that it's first pick play, six. He's, yeah, he's getting a pick six, or he's like yeah. blowing a play up for one yard instead of giving up a huge play, but right. goes their way, and then he's the dog. So I mean, who knows? I'm not I'm not writing Josh Proctor off, but I'm just saying I think some of the hype that he was like a sure thing and safety was a little unwarranted. I also think it's like it could be. That could be worth a conversation too, because like I don't think what the safeties were asked to do in previous schemes was anywhere near what they're asked to do right now, um, and that more more mentally than physically, because um, I I think there's I think he can do everything you know he needs to physically, uh, but in in the previous scheme they were kind of just it was a very simple scheme they didn't really have to worry about where they lined up so much it was kind of just to go and make a play. Um, and now I think they've kind of shifted that responsibility away from the linebackers onto the safety. So it's not good enough yeah. anymore to just be a really athletic safety. That's going to go make a play. You have to actually know what you're doing mentally. And you know, there, there's gotta be, I, ideally those safeties have to like be the captains of the defense. They can't be out there, you know, worried about what their assignment is or not knowing right. the assignment. And it's like, it's bad news. If another one of your safeties, like it's, it's great news that Tanner McAllister is able to be back there and like, quarterback that defense the way that it seems like he was doing but it's bad yeah. news when a guy that is supposed to be super versatile and know what he's doing and kind of be the anchor of your defense that doesn't know what's going on and that's the point that one of our one of our subscribers made this point on the board uh he, he was pointing about like you know i think he said that basically if you have ronnie hickman Lathan ransom and tanner mccallister back there none of those guys can be exploited in coverage right like none of those guys are liabilities they all know where to go they can all get to the ball um they can all cover and Maybe that's not true for Josh Proctor. Like, like maybe Josh Proctor's ceiling to make a play, whether it's a big hit or a pick, is a little bit higher than Tanner McAllister's or Lathan Ransom's. But if he can also get out of position that easily, then maybe yeah. you need to have the guys more reliable in the field if the safeties are this important to the, to the defense. It's it's almost the Baron Browning effect. I felt the exact same way with him when he was at Ohio State. Like he was so clearly yeah. he was so clearly more athletic than Tough Portland, and everybody was crying for him to play. But the reality is he was out of position a lot, a lot. And he's freelancing. And like if you if you want to know the reason why um Trevor Lawrence had that long touchdown run, or the maybe he didn't score, but a long run, or Travis Etienne had that leak out that ended up going like 80 yards or something like Baron that. that Clemson game. Yeah. It was because Baron Browning had no idea what was going on on the field. So on some level, those guys have all the talent in the world, and you might see them make like the occasional great play or like a tackle for loss or something like that. And you think, oh, why isn't this guy playing every play? It's so, Tough Borland knew what he was doing every play, and 
you know, maybe you weren't going to get a high ceiling play, but the floor was that he was going to be where he needed to be. And it yeah. probably wasn't going to be an 80 yard touchdown. Maybe it's a six yard gain, but it's probably not going to be an 80 yard touchdown. And so it, I think like to be, to be fair to Baron though, really quick here, just not that we're talking about Baron Browning, really we're talking about Josh Proctor, but right. maybe, maybe if he didn't have Billy Davis and then a defensive line coach, coaching yes. linebackers, and yeah, it's not his fault. The defense, it could have been better. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he it's, might it's, learn it's, something. It's, if, <laughs> It's scheme too, and I would argue that he could have even just been an elite pass rusher, and he he they, he was misused as well. But what it comes down to is like you have to first and foremost you have to play your your safest players, especially in a game like that. You have to play the guy that like he's not he's not going to give up a, a huge play. He's not going to you know do make a backbreaking mistake or anything like that. But and I, I think that's what they did. They knew what they had in those three safeties and. That's kind of what they wrote out the rest of the game. But Ransom had an incredible game. You know, I, we're, yeah. we're talking about Eichenberg, but like Ransom played incredibly. And I, I don't know if, um, I don't know. I, he was another guy that I just didn't 100% know what to expect um, from him heading into this season just because, I mean, he hasn't ever really been like the guy or anything like that. But man, yeah, I, I mean, Ransom had some good, good, good plays last year, too, at moments, but he just wouldn't really be consistent. So, like, right. And, and and let's see if he's fixed that, right? Because it is just one game. Let's see how he looks next week. Um, but, yeah, I'm curious to see it. I don't know. Between between him and Hickman, I was really happy with the safety play. McAllister was solid as well, like we talked about. Nothing flashy, but just there where you need to be. Um, made some good coverage plays. Um, I was shocked we didn't see Court Williams. Yeah. Yeah, I don't – him and, him and Ransom, Court in a uh, kind of a different capacity, but him and Ransom are kind of the two safeties that I'm like – I. I don't know what to expect from you. Um, and so like ransom obviously came up and uh, proved that, but court Williams, I, I don't, we obviously haven't seen snap counts or anything like that, but I, I don't remember him being on the field or really seeing him. He didn't, he definitely didn't like make a play. No, I don't think he got a snap. Dude. I don't think I saw him in the field once. I didn't see him. Yeah. Um, I, I was shocked. I mean, guys, they, the team captain, uh, talked a lot about how you could be the, one of the best players in the defense and, Instead, we saw, you know, Cody Simon and Lathan Ransom and all these other guys jump in, but not him. I mean, I was, hopefully we'll see him soon here. I was just really baffled by that. Maybe he's dinged up. We didn't know it. I don't know. It just confused me. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing snap counts get published whenever, I think Dan Hope writes those up, and I think Kevin mm-hmm. Yoon does too, right? A couple guys write those. Um, whoever's first in the ball, you know. <laughs> I'm to read some snap counts this week. I got my money on Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I was refreshing today like a son of a bitch on Dan Hope's Twitter timeline. I'm like, where are those? I need those snap counts, man. I was itching my neck. I was like, I need those fucking snap counts. <laughs> they're, they're, they're usually Monday. Usually yeah. Usually Monday. Yeah. Um, inside knowledge there. Thanks. Appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll be Monday. <laughs> Since it was a night game, it might even be Tuesday, but it's, oh, uh, wow. it's, it's a lot of turnaround there. It used to be, um, they, I think uh, PFF publishes snap counts too. Pro oh, football nice. focus, and no, so I think they can get they can them. get they can get the bulk of them from that, but they do special teams too, and PFF doesn't do special teams, and so they have to do like the grind work of like watching every snap and doing. I forget who it was. So whenever I was in the press box, I remember one of the old newspaper writers, but you still do them live. Like he had some That's system wild. where he would just he would keep a tally and just check personnel groupings on every play. That's uh, crazy. And like yeah, yeah, it was really impressive, honestly. Um, so I think he would rewatch the game the next morning, but usually could get it out, like basically had like a rough count by the night of, um, which is fucking nuts. Um, I forgot who that was. Uh, I don't know. My eyes aren't that good from the press box. We'll see that. But anyway, I don't know that quick either, but regardless, um, 
Yeah, uh, safeties played really well. Uh, like we said, corners were solid. Uh, I had Cam Brown was lights out. Uh, Denzel Burke had a couple of fluke. He got beat a couple of fluke plays, but I think otherwise it's very good. I have no complaints about Denzel Burke. I'm not worried about him after two weird catches against him. Um, no concerns there. But defense, awesome. You guys talk a little bit of offense here. Any? Uh, we'll get some more offensive stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess DJ, if you had one impression on. Uh... On, on what you saw in the offense, like what's what's your take, good or bad? Well, I I'll tell you what, I'm not rushing out to buy a five hundred dollars suit from Express <laughs> this week. I mean, CJ started, you know, he started, he he had that throw, frozen rope. I think it was on the first drive. I don't remember if we converted uh, the, to Abuka. Yeah, yeah, that, that looked nuts. good. But then the rest of the game, it's just like, what the hell? Is going on out there, brother? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I mean, you know, Fleming's out, and what, what, what was going on with ESPN's broadcast? I mean, Ryan, you were at the game. Hey, they didn't have a first. They didn't have a first down mark. Oh, I saw you tweeting about this. Yeah, what's up with that? You know what I mean? They're talking about oh, uh, you know, Fleming's been ineffective tonight. He hasn't played. He didn't play. He hasn't been in the game. <laughs> the cameraman's biting on multiple angles, like. It was, it was, just I think someone said they also, I think I saw, I think maybe uh, one of our friends tweeted that uh, they were also sh- showing CJ Hicks on the sideline as a Mecca Egbuka, or no, sorry, not as a Mecca Egbuka, but as rather Shaq Smith and Jigba. And they were talking about JSN being hurt. Yes. Showing CJ Hicks. Yeah. No, I, I was very, very, very confused about that because like I would just glance at, like it was like when I was like glancing at the TV, they probably did it like three or four times. And like <laughs> he was like suited up with a helmet and like ready to go back in. And I was like, what the hell? Like, and but at the same time, they'd be talking about how like he hasn't played since. And so my brain's like, well, he did come back in though for a series, right? He did, like, yeah, yeah, for, for a series. And but like they, they showed him after that. I, I don't know. It, it, it was very weird because like they, the way that they were showing him, it like implied that he was just like fine now. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it, it, it was, it was not a good broadcast. I, I don't know. I, I, it's a good, yeah. it, as DJ said in today's autopsy. Uh, it's good news that um, ESPN got outbid there because that was that was yeah. not a not a good. I, product, I, I, but... I don't remember the last game I watched without a first down line. Yeah, yeah that was that wild, was crazy. Kirk Herbstreit, another victim of uh, late capitalism, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he needs to get out. Uh, yeah, they're cost cutting. They got to make more money for Stephen A. Smith. Make sure they keep getting uh, keep getting him paid. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I I tweeted this, but you see, my my buddy he drives Coda. And oh, he, this is great! Yeah. He took for some reason Notre Dame contracted Coda to take him from like the the team and the cheerleaders to the airport. And he said when they when he picked him up in the bus, like a little card on the the little flashing card on the front of the bus still said "Go Bucks." <laughs> That's so good. That's- do you think they did that intentionally, or do you think it was just like uh, just a little mistake? That everyone. I mean, God, no. I mean, I love Coda, but knowing Coda, it was just like they didn't even think about it, and they're just yeah. like, "All right, you know, setting up the same buses from last night." But I, I was like, "Is that normal?" Like you guys, and he's like, "I've never." He's like, "They normally have like the private." He's yeah. Like, he's like, "I've never heard of." Is, 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 is that why Notre Dame needs that Big Ten money, man? These guys are broke. They need Big Ten money. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, feels, this feels like one of those, like, the moment that you learn that the guy you always thought was rich is actually just, like, super broke. You know, like, 
They have, they have this charade. You learn your friend is Kirk Barton. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's real life Nevada buck. Like, it's like, yeah. oh, you thought this guy was a, a multimillionaire, but no, no it's, yeah, it turns no, out it's a, Missouri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, that, like, that's exactly what it is. Like, they've got these, these gold flecks on their helmet, but they're, they're taking public transportation back to, to unbelievable. I'll say this. I'll give, I'll give him credit for this. Those helmets look crispy week one. I, I yeah. don't know how they look. Yeah, see, I, they, they look cheapish. They look like they got a bunch of teens to spray paint. Oh, man, <laughs> they were shining. They were I didn't, I was. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe that's an indictment on the broadcast again. Because you were watching it live. <laughs> and and did you, see, you see Bo Pelini was out in the crowd? Was no, he? was he really? Yeah, yeah. I, po- I posted on Twitter. Uh, does he even name the coach? Isn't he a isn't he a head ball coach at Youngstown State? No, he got he got mm-hmm. canned. He got no, canned. Really? Uh, yeah, it ended it ended bad up there. But he, I mean, he played at Ohio State, and I guess he kept, coached under Trestle. Yeah, which I don't yeah. remember. So yeah, he was. I want a Bo Pelini jersey. I should I should wear a Bo Pelini jersey to a game. We should uh, we should hire him as an analyst just to taunt Nebraska and just bring him on the sidelines of the you know once every six years when we play Nebraska or whatever it is. You think he would? I, if there's anybody, any like former head coach, I think we could get on the podcast. It's got to be Bo Pelini, right? <laughs> so we got a yeah, shot. I would, like, I would like to hear his unfiltered thoughts. Like he has to be, you know, he got ran out. Of, what did he win nine games there? Yeah, he 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 went. Uh, his winning percentage was crazy good. It was like he had like over a six hundred winning percentage. Uh, was he's the head coach for Nebraska? I mean, Scott Frost hasn't even won got nine games total. Yeah. <laughs> um, hell, man. That's fine. I had no idea Bo was there. The the, the people in attendance were crazy. I, mean, the, I saw, of course, LeBron and Brownie were two of the big highlights for everybody, but uh, Jason Tatum, Evan Turner, Andre Guadalla were there from the NBA. Uh, yeah. Joe Burrow was in there. Justin like ev- every NFL player was there. I, I saw that walking yeah. down. What the I hell? Was what I walked by Thayer Munford buying a beer in ADEC, by the way. Thayer Munford was buying a beer really? next to me in ADEC. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, wild. God. I am. Um, he might, I like, he might be like, starting for the Raiders. I was like, damn, they don't have a guy to get him a beer though. Like he has to go get his own beer. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw a bunch of dudes on High Street, um, like down downtown on Saturday night. Um, oh yeah, like like a bunch of NFL guys. Like Jeff Akuda was there. Um, Braxton Miller. Coop? Coop gets after a little bit. I, I did not see Coop, uh, but right. I, I assume he was there. Braxton Miller looks like that pimp named Pinky. <laughs> have you seen have you seen what he's got going on with his hair and like Friday after that? He's, weird. he's got like the Jerry curl like 1970s. Like, what's going on with that? Brother? He has the same cut as Drake right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, you hate to see that. Zeke's walking around looking like an Ewok. Like, Zeke was on, I mean, Planet Zaza, too. That guy was that guy was cheaping <laughs> before the game. Uh, the, ESPN had a picture on the broadcast. I saw someone tweet on afterwards where his eyes were, I mean, red as hell. Uh, I mean, uh, I, was I, like, I was laughing at that. It, it, wor- it, it works, though. I, I, you know, you, you got to go. This is the – you don't have a game tomorrow. You, this is, like, the one weekend where they can all be together. So, like, week yeah. one, like, oh, top no, five awesome. matchup. Like, I, I loved it. Like, the everyone was in town. Like, it was super cool. I was on tilt there for a little bit. I mean, when, we, when it was like the third quarter, and we're, like, we're still sucking ass. We come out out of offense sucking ass. And I'm like, man, we've got all these recruits. I mean, we put all our eggs into the basket on the recruiting front there. I mean, we pulled it out of the fire, thank God. But, man, like, you, yeah. if we would have lost, oh, my God. 
<laughs> it seems like the word is it's been a it was a really positive weekend so far. Yeah, I mean, everything I've read seems like they killed. Yeah, the guy that seems like they made a big move with is Damon Wilson, the five star defensive end out of Florida. Um, there's a lot of momentum there allegedly, and it seems like Ohio State might be a. Some people, are, I think Rivals has us the favorite now. Uh, I mean, a, I, that makes sense. I, I don't, I don't, I don't usually buy too much stock in like one game making a difference for like, especially like a. a a current game making a difference for somebody who's like a junior or going into their senior year, you know, of, of high school. Cause everything's going to be different by the time they play anyway. But like a defensive end, looking at what they saw from the two defensive ends last night, like, yeah, I would love that. Like turn me loose and, and let me get after the quarterback. Like that's, I don't know. I, I, that seemed sure. like the whole, the whole defensive scheme last night seemed like an awesome recruiting pitch to anybody who wants to come. And like, I, yeah. I get why it would have been hard to recruit before, like kind of showing that, but like, a couple games in this season, seeing what this defense is like holding a top five team to 10 points. And like, I mean, honestly, some of them were even fluky points. Like that was a dominating defensive performance and it looked like individual athletes could shine too. So I, I think that like, that was a, a very solid recruiting pitch to any team that wants to come play for uh, the vegan grandpa. And no said we kept it basic. Yep. And yeah, that's that, what I, you know, we kept it basic on them, held them to 10 points. Yeah, I, I think no, that's I the think other thing. Lot, is like, I think a lot of players are going to want to come for this defense. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that like the 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 way that this is going to be a better team, in my opinion, too, is that we're not going to see the same defensive scheme, the same defensive game plan, and stuff like that from week to week. And so, like, we haven't really even seen the strength of what I think Jim Knowles is going to give, and that's going to be when you're in like the heat of you know Big Ten big 10 play and you've got different game plans, different ways you're going to attack Wisconsin, Penn state, Michigan, and all of those teams too. You know, we're not going to see, he's not just going to run out there and roll out the same base, um, same scheme that he beat Notre Dame with when he tries to play Maryland in their passing attack. Like, but like, that sounds crazy, but that's exactly how Kerry Combs approached the job previously. Yeah, yeah. I mean, man, I'm really excited to see more of it going forward too. Like that, that pressure was fantastic, and it was a lot of like, you know, I think a lot of scheme designed to free up players to make plays, right? Like some of it, like my, a guy like Mike Hall was just a man beater, like he was just getting past guys to the line. But I think a lot of other stuff, like when when we saw Jack Sawyer making pressure, we saw Tommy Eichenberg getting clear for a sack. Um, there was scheme designed to allow a player to attack downhill through the gap and make something happen in the backfield. And that's what you want out of your defense, right? Like you want to be having your D line use the chess piece to get after that to free up those other players, and it, it worked fantastically. Um, I mean, my gosh, how can you not be thrilled with the results out of that? That was that was so so awesome. Uh, love to see it. I don't know. I was pumped about that. Um, I guess besides that, and just going back to the offense really quick here, um, we should probably talk about. I don't know. Like, I mean, I mean, Maya Williams to start the show. Obviously, we talked about him and Abuka a little bit here. Um, Trey Henderson also ran very well, right? I know we all ever talk about Mayan, and they should be because Mayan closed that game. Uh, but Trey, you know, trucked some dudes in that last drive too. Like Trey had some couple of nice runs. Um, any other kind of players on offense stood out for you guys? Anyone wants to talk about? The offensive uh, line, one place yeah. came to shove. Yeah, yeah, not I, a dunk, I, I, right. Yeah, I think what I saw was uh, they finally got the push that they almost lacked against Michigan. Is that what you saw, DJ? Yeah. yeah. I, I, just that, that drive, 
I mean, God, because I was like, man, I, it had entered my mind. I wasn't, I really wasn't like too worried, but I was entertaining the concept that, like, holy shit, like, you know, if we don't get at least, I, I would just want the first two downs, first two first downs on that drive. That's why I said we get two first downs, we can bang the ball down the field, our defense can go and win this game for us. That's all I was hoping for. But the way they just came out and just, I mean, murder, I mean, just shoved it down their throat. And I think it was Ben Axelrod that had made the point. I mean, traditionally, if we're going to, like, go knock out a team, we're going to shove the ball down their throat. And, you know, for Ryan Day, for all the critiques we've had on that, for all the critiques of, you know, we're a finesse team now, we're talented, but we're not tough. I mean, I'm not sure we answered all those questions last night, but it's it's a hell of a boost for the confidence, I would think. Yeah, I, I think, like, yeah, I'm not sure that is – I would still say that's like yet the team's identity, but it's very nice to know that like, cause I, it, it, he was still trying to force the passing game and he was trying to force the ball to the receivers and stuff like that. But I think when push comes to shove, you can still lean on that. And I think that's what Ohio state needs. If Ryan day wants to be a finesse quick, you know, pass first team, like it's going to work most of the time. Like it has, there's a reason why Ohio state had the best offense in the country last year, but you also need to know that when push comes to shove, you can get three yards. You can get six yards. You can finish a, a game with these two, this two-headed monster at running back. And I, I think that is what they proved. I, I don't. I still don't think it's the identity of the team. And I think that's kind of fine as long as they can do what needs to get done. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm definitely curious. Some kind of play out. Um, I have some offensive line thoughts too, though. I, I, I was a little concerned with kind of the, the right side of the offensive line last night. Um, in general, I, I think they kind of came through at the end, but the Joneses, Matt and Matt and DeLond over there, um, DeLond had that great pull block for, for mine and sprung him at one point. But yep. besides that, I thought those two guys kind of struggled on the run blocking on the night, which was surprising for Matt Jones. Um, he also was banged up in the night and you know, he came in for him. So hopefully he is getting healthy this, this week, but, um, little slightly concerned with, um, w- with the right side of the line here going forward, but I think it's something they'll get fixed and, and generally, the line improved in short yardage, which is a big, big, big win for us, too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I we think... can't have that many false starts going forward either. You know what? I was, I, that, I'm glad you brought that up. I was talking with the guys behind me in, in the stadium. To me, I almost wondered if those were intentional because we had two false starts in the night, and both of them came immediately after a big pass plays to the sideline that did not get reviewed because we false started. They and they fall started. It wasn't like they were lined up the whole time. And they then they jumped. They they got up immediately. Fall started immediately. That was that was um. That'd be diabolical. That that was that was what one of my <laughs> friends said. Like watching it live, he even he noticed that. I didn't really think about it, but he goes, "It crossed so if my you mind." False start. If you fall start, that means that they can't review the past play, right? And I was like, "Correct." Yeah. Yeah, it does. But like, I didn't really, it didn't really entertain that they would do that intentionally. But that would be. That would be wild, and I wouldn't put it past him. Like I wouldn't put it past him to like, hey, false, you know, it's worth no, it. I mean, it's you should. It's a, it's always killed me how teams don't have a like, hey, we just got away with a hustle. Let's, let's, yeah. You know what I mean? Like a code, like we need to get this ball high. Well, that's, that's way better than quick it. snapping it because they'll still whistle it dead if you quick snap it. But like, they didn't even look at two of those plays because there was a false start. Yeah, I I feel bad for my guy JB Sugar Shugarts, man. I mean, he's yeah. still catch. He's, his he's legacy. still catch. 
He's a good guy, you know. He's he's a friend. He's a good guy, and he's still catching hell. And he hasn't played in over a decade. I, I, I mean, love, he's I, my he's my age. When <laughs> when I was in school, when I was in school, and I would sit in the student section when somebody would false start, there were several people in the student section that would yell, "Damn it, Shugerts!" <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. And, and, and this was this was like 2016. So poor guy. I well, asked what him can about you do? It one time, and he he was just like, "Well, you know, I just." I was trying my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Uh, I love that. All, all you can do, man. Um, that's funny though. Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, other thoughts besides that. Uh, tight ends. Kate Stover played all right. Mitch Rossi played all right mm-hmm. as a run blocker. I think there's only two tight ends we saw. I don't know. I didn't see. Noah uh, Ruggles about fucked us. Yeah. yeah. Noah Ruggles. Noah Ruggles messed up. I didn't see. Uh, I don't think I saw Royer or uh, or Scott come in at tight end at all, but maybe I missed it. Um, hey, Marvin Harrison, I don't know. I, I don't know about all that hype. I, I he hey, he may he 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 accounted himself well on that game winning drive though. On the game winning drive, like, on, the, on, the, on the dagger drive, he he had a couple of really nice catches. I think he had two or three catches on that drive. Basically, I think he had all of the non Maya yardage. Just my understanding. Like Trey had two carries. And Marv had two or three catches, and the rest of the yards was, was yeah. Mad. And I'm I'm not willing to write off anybody yet, oh, well, ex- ex- off. except for except for Cody Simon. I'm I'm right in Marv. And Jay, John John Baptiste too. I think it's time to put him in the in the trash can. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, Marv. I mean, like for the guy who got praise, it's like oh, it's crazy how like sudden he is at his size. That was the whole thing about him. I don't know, dude. Watching him run routes, he rounded out a lot of his routes. Yeah, I forgot it's got the name Route Man Marv. Yeah, you no, know, you're expecting like a like a Michael Thomas technician, especially you know considering who his dad was. You think? Yeah, he, he, he was some... on some banana routes, man. Like I, I was like watching him on, on a few reps. I was like trying to see where he was at in the field, and like he was either dogging it and not giving full effort, or just like doesn't have the feet that people thought he had. Yeah, I, I think I think in general last night was really interesting because it's it kind of shows that the receiving core is just it's different than it was last year. I still think it's going to be fine, but like it. Yeah, it's week you're, one, you're, right? And there's new yeah, guys, it, yeah. And 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 they're new guys. It's just it's not the same thing as when you tossed out Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, and then Jackson Smith and Jigba was allowed to be the third best receiver on the team for half the season. You know, <laughs> like it's it's especially when you have him not in. You know. Um, I don't know. I, I I think the I really do think the offense would have looked a lot better and a lot different had you had. This is a shocking take, but had you had you had the best receiver in the country on the field, um, but maybe that was better for for the young receivers to like get a taste of actually like having to play. You know, it's one of those things where like this is a, a wild analogy, but like I'll play pickup basketball a lot of times, and I like it's it's a shocking change when. I'm not playing with the two like good kids that we're playing basketball with. And I actually have to like play. So I, I think there's something to that. Like, you know, it, uh, it's kind of easier to have a, a successful game. Um, like, uh, Marvin Harrison did in the Rose bowl when the guy on the other side of the field lining up from you is, um, you know, yeah, beating triple, back. triple teams yeah. and putting up record setting performances. So, um, I, I think it's going to be fine in the long run, but it kind of was a, a little bit of a struggle. And at the end of the day, like if, if that's the struggle against a top five team, you end up with 250 passing yards and stuff like that. I don't know. It, I I just like, it was, it was a little concerning. Isn't the word, 
but it was just like, ah, you know, it ain't so easy when, uh, when you don't have the best receiver in the country out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like, okay, he had, he had a couple of real nice catches against, uh, some, you know, some third string running backs playing, playing yeah. quarterback. And, and all of a sudden he became the greatest of all time. And I was like, well, let's just, let's, that's like all I was saying this offseason is he's not going to be bad. I'm just saying, let's hang on. Just give it a minute. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. so anyway, um, I, I was excited about that. Um, I think the only thing we talk about here before, before we get out of here is, uh, our wonderful sponsor, Homefield Apparel, uh, who makes some college football t-shirts that you guys should go buy. Uh, and that Ohio State gear they got, uh, you know, after the Buckeyes' big win, you want to go buy one of those 68 National Championship T-shirts. You want to go buy uh, some script Ohio gear, some script Buckeyes gear. You want to go get some some hoodies because you. I don't know about you guys. I could feel yesterday like you get that fall is coming feeling. Like we were walking, yep. we walked through campus a little bit just to get some old nostalgia in there from ourselves, and um, you could feel that. Uh, you could definitely feel with those gray skies, a little bit of rain coming down, starting to get like into the low seventies. I was like, all right, we're, we're about here. It's about time to get into that fall weather. Uh, must be some football weather all season here. I'm not just going to see sunlight in Ohio for the next six months. Can't wait for that. Uh, looking forward to that kind of vibe, but, um, yeah, man. Um, I don't know. I'm, uh, I, I was really, really excited to get some home field apparel gear in the mail. I believe you guys got yours as well. Uh, everyone got some home field gear uh, in the crew. I'm one. I'm one to know in mine. Bucks ain't Let's lost. Go. Oh, yeah. Let's go. One in the one in the natty this year. If they have 15 and 0, we we can think home field. As our as our good friend Patrick Mayhorn and our our colleague in midfield Patrick Mayhorn said on on our podcast, flipping the field. Uh, if you're a Buckeye fan who needs a sweatshirt put beneath your Braxton Miller jersey you bought on Alibaba <laughs> 2012, uh, there's nothing better than home field. Uh, and, and don't let him shame you. There, there ain't nothing wrong with hitting up Alibaba. <laughs> or Jersey, bro. Nor is they still wearing a Braxton Miller jersey. President Z, right. President Z makes a tight fit over there, man. <laughs> and you know what? Until until they can field a player cooler than Braxton Miller, which I believe is impossible. In, in yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, then I uh, wish he would have had like the Jerry Curl drip like as a player hanging out, you know. Yeah, it might it yeah. might have healed his shoulder. <laughs> he could have kept playing quarterback. Is is as fun as Ohio State is and has been the past couple years, it makes me sad that there's not a shot in hell that Braxton Miller would ever play quarterback at Ohio State these days. Man, you don't think so? You think Ryan Day would recruit Braxton Miller to play quarterback at Ohio State? Look at Braxton look, do you know who he, cannon. I know he you, recruits now, but like I mean if there you like, me Go ahead. Do you know who he was in 2011? Like, did, For sure, did you watch? Of did you watch Braxton Miller in 2011? Like, but I just, you think I, I don't. Ryan, I don't know. You think if Ryan Day has a five-star quarterback like that in his own backyard at a feeder school like Wayne, he's not gonna and sees the arm the kid has on him, he's not gonna think I can make that work. He's not gonna I mean, think he, he can figure that out. He might try, but he like JT Barrett for a year. That's fair, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, 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 I just, I just feel like. I feel like it wouldn't it would take time to develop. Like Braxton wouldn't have been starting until twenty thirteen. And you think a guy like that, a five star guy like that is really gonna uh, it would it would take patience on everybody's part for it to work. Like he wouldn't have started as a true freshman. He wouldn't have started as a as a sophomore. That like twenty thirteen season would have been the first season that we really like saw him and he would have been like playable in Ryan Day's offense. So I don't know. I I I think I also would have loved to see Braxton Miller coached by Ryan Day to play quarterback. Like, 
that would have been one of the best quarterbacks of all time if you had oh my god yeah that arm just tuned in because he did have a rocket you're absolutely right like i think people forget that because he was a glorified running back throwing the ball in 2011 but like by 2013 like he's slinging it like 70 yards downfield to devin smith and like on a rope so he, he was he was a better passer by by the end than people give him credit for i just think he was too raw to start yeah yeah um i think that's very valid but um no, man. I don't know. Um, you guys got anything else in your mind this week? Anything else? You any thoughts on on the Buckeyes win over Notre Dame, uh, or kind of anything around the environment, around the around the stadium, around the game? Any other thoughts around the week you want to get into? I'm Notre Dame fans. Uh, did you see that tailgate picture that Bacon House posted? No, what was it? They, they had like tomatoes and carrots. Or like oh. a, it was the most cursed. It was like the it, it seriously looked like a meal you would get in a private prison. That's how Man. I describe it in the autopsy. And it was just like, it was like, oh my God, like if, if you could take Notre Dame and distill them into like tailgate food, it would be tomatoes and carrots, just like <laughs> as a program. You know, oh. and just like seeing these guys, like I, I was biking yesterday, this this Notre Dame fan was like out like north on campus and uh, this Notre Dame fan was like walking and I was just shaking my head. He's like, don't shake your hand. Don't shake your head at me. And I was like, you're a long way from Kansas, Toto. <laughs> Like you better straighten up <laughs> and treat people with respect. Otherwise you're going to end up in a gutter. And, uh, you know, and then you go by this tailgate and they're wearing like Rudy Rudiger jerseys and like Newt Rockney jerseys. And like, Joe, you got any players? Oh, Monty, Monty Tio. I forgot Monty Tio, the fucking guy who got catfished. I like the most, uh, you got half. It wasn't even an elaborate scheme. Like you watch that documentary and it's like, Oh, that dude is just dumb. <laughs> I still feel bad for him. I oh, dude, I don't feel bad. Like, dude, I don't feel bad. Like, if you're if you get catfish, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're an idiot. Especially if you're like if you're under if you're under if you're like our age, if you're like 35 and under and you got catfish, you don't have a lot going on up there. I'm sorry. Like it, it, it baffles me how you could be like a linebacker in charge of like coverages and schemes and checkdowns and things like that. And then you're getting hustled <laughs> by, by some little sewer creature. Like I just, I couldn't, you know what I mean? I thought that after the eighth time when I was like, Hey, want to meet up or like, Hey, you know, I would want like a picture of today's paper. And if you can't get that, I'm getting hustled. Like I don't understand people who just get hustled. Like, do you not realize that they're just scammers? Yeah. There's an army of scammers in this world that get up, Every day with the sole purpose of separating idiots from their money. Don't be one of those I people. I haven't got got yet, man. I haven't got got you yet. Know, and, and that story was so <laughs> funny, too, because I like, – and then Deadspin broke that. And then Trump, back when he was just one of our nation's greatest posters and not the president, <laughs> you know, he tweets congratulations. And then Deadspin comes back like, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs> like – I just the whole Notre Dame concept and as a pro, I'm so glad to be done with those bums. And that no, I was I, I was actually shocked the amount of them that spent real money to come to that this game. game. You well, know, we've, and we've I, talked about that. Well, just, I don't know. It's my, I, two of my best uh, two of my best friends, Notre Dame fans. They came to town for the game as well. And I guess for them, it's just like you get to make the pilgrimage to a high stadium. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, but I mean, it's not, like I don't know the shoot. Like it's nothing crazy. You know, I like the shoe as much as the next guy, but I mean, but you, but you kind of, I mean, grew up going to the shoe, or you went to the shoe when you're like doing yeah, formative that's years. True. 
It's, like, it's I also yeah. student hire tickets every year. To me, it's like, yeah, it's the shoe I've been there a million times. But like, but there's 106,000 people in that stadium. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Yeah. And like, I guess I think also uh, you get jaded on other big stadiums because, like, again, we're Ohio State fans who go to the shoe all the time. But if yep. like you're a fan of Oregon or something, or you're a fan of, you know, like, uh, Virginia Tech coming to the shoe is like, oh my god, this is insane! Like, look how yeah. massive this crowd is. Yeah, um, I, I I think we we lose that too because like there's other massive state like that's the third biggest. Yeah, stadium we play in the Penn Big State, Ten. Michigan, Michigan every year too, right? Those are the two of the other five biggest stadiums in the country. It's like yeah. the three of us at Texas A&M and and Tennessee, right? Uh, I yep. believe it. So like we see those guys every year. It's so like us, like oh yeah, hundred thousand people like another day at the <laughs> office, right? You know right. what I mean? But like. That's uh, that's pretty rare. I think that. I, well, dude, like my idea of hell would just be like being at at Notre Dame, surrounded by Notre Dame fans, and then I just watch my team get strangled to death by an anaconda in, in my living yeah. room. Well, you can try yeah, that next I, year. I'm going. I, well, year, I, yeah. dude, I would go. See, I would go to the, I would go to that game. Just, I actually enjoy road games more. Yeah, definitely. because I I like going. I like being in the minority. I like going in and you know beating the other team in their house. Um, I like that. That's a lot of fun to me. So, I mean, I would definitely go to that. But, I mean, if we were 17 and a half point favorites, if the shoe is on the other foot, like this game was for them, I don't think I'd be clamoring at the bit, you know, got to get, got to get to rule Indiana. And see, touchdown yeah. Jesus. Like, oh man, touch, touchdown Jesus. <laughs> I, I will say, one of the things I, I hate, though, is a home fan base that talks shit after a win. Yeah. I don't yeah. know. I see. I, I make it's... an exception for Notre Dame. I like. I'm, <laughs> I'll make an exception for Notre Dame. I but I don't really if talk. Someone says stuff. something to you like you got you got to talk some shit back. Obviously, of course, you got to let them know what's up. But like, or before the game, it's fun to talk a little trash. But like, someone just lost. They're ignoring you. They're walking home from the stadium. Uh, people are gonna chirp at them. I'm like, come on, like that's cowardly. <laughs> shit, I got I got sucker punched at a Jets game one time. Damn. <laughs> By like oh, a seven, a, what do you expect? A set, like a seven-year-old grandpa. Seven, <laughs> like it didn't even hurt. Like he didn't even knock me out. He should. I didn't even see it coming. I was walking behind me. He's like, "You insulted my son," and I was like, "What?" Like, <laughs> oh man! Because we're going out chain. Like here we go, brownies. Here we go, wolf, wolf. And dude just like socked me, and I was like, "Dude, what?" Like it didn't even like hurt or anything. I was just, I was more like shocked than anything. It was like this grandpa, and I was like, "You know, you got a choice at that point." I was just like, "Dude, like I don't know. Your team just lost. Like we were uh, chanting." I was in line at the pisser last night in the shoe, and uh, this eighty-year-old guy uh, like cuts in line to go right near, like right ahead of me, and I was like, "Yeah, what can you do, man?" Like he's eighty. I was like, "I don't care. I let him cut." And uh, he was talking to all of us, talking to the guy in front of me, and he was like, he's like, you know, I never went to Ohio State, but all my money goes here. Like, I invested very well in the 1950s, which is telling us <laughs> how rich he was or whatever. And uh, I was like, that's, and we were always like, that's cool, man. And he was like, well, I can't wait any longer. I'm going to go ahead and take one of these toilets to cut these other guys. <laughs> and we're like, all right, man. <laughs> this 80-year-old guy just conned the whole line out of a spot in the bathroom because he couldn't I wait to this. Uh and he's like uh, absurd, absolutely absurd. But yeah, all that money, oh, you, can't, you got a little baby bladder. Yeah, you're 80 years old. Stay home. And it's, oh, I invested. Yeah, right. I, you know, I invested it well in the 1950s. Like that would have been hard. What'd you invest yeah. in? Petro- What'd you invest in? Petroleum. <laughs> <laughs>
You buy any stock in 1950. <laughs> right like, how many stocks were there? Like GE, like Ford, <laughs> like yeah. I got I got Coca Cola at nine cents a share. Uh, <laughs> oh man! All right, boys. Well, I think that's gonna be our podcast for the day. Uh, you should subscribe to the old the old boys at meetatmidfield.com. Come on down, check out our post game coverage. Me and uh, me and DJ both have some post game thoughts up. I think Kevin's gonna have some. Uh, I'm sure. During his morning kegger uh, uh, in the next couple of days here, um, and uh, yeah, I mean our, our Michigan team has some great coverage as well. As myself and Patrick Mayhorn are covering some national, uh, some national side of things. I broke down the thirteen games, kind of shape week one. Patrick is doing thoughts on the future of college football coming out of that week, and and some general um, some general recap over over the next few days here. So come check out the site. Come post the boys. We had like three hundred posts in our game day thread. Uh, that was ridiculous. Really, really, really fun. Check in on that. Um, you know, go Bucks, go Bucks. Uh, Arkansas State's on notice. You're hearing that more and more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>